0: Welcome to the Duke Pod. We are already at episode six. Oh my goodness. Where did the time go? Where did the summer go? Today and yesterday were like both 27 degree days, 28 degree days, but they are not totally sunny. They're dark. It's like the end of summer. It's like winter's coming. <laughs> uh, personally, I'm uh, a fan of all the seasons. I feel like you might as well get the best out of whatever situation you're in. I'm actually looking forward to this winter, um, maybe the most out of the most recent events only because my son Oliver is now three and that's an excellent age to take him skiing. Uh, A friend of mine, one of my best friends is actually moving to like a 15 minute walk from us in like October and he likes skiing so I was like okay like that's the, like perfect like what is, you know you can go ski take your son as long as he likes it and uh go ski and then your best friend could come as well like sounds like a pretty good winter I think we're gonna put season's passes to a local ski resort uh which is like um 10 minute drive from my house it's not big it's pretty small but I mean for my son it's gonna be great and just for going out and getting like two three hours of exercise to four or five hours, it's gonna feel fantastic. So yeah, we're looking forward to that. And uh, let's be honest, it's still September. Like it's gonna be a lot of 20 degree days before it gets colder, Um, but that's life. Another season has come and gone. Uh, Our uh, baby, baby Zoe is now two and a half weeks old. So her eyes are nice wide open. She's making more sounds. I think she's actually becoming more fussy than when she was first born. When she was first born, she was pretty quiet. Now she's getting to that. uh, Obviously, she doesn't have much of a personality yet. But uh, getting to that, like, wait a second. This is not a dream stage anymore. (laughs) You're like two and a half and you're like, damn it. I'm not in the womb anymore. And this, I can feel cold and I can feel hot. and this sucks <laughs> where's my food so uh yeah she's getting a lot of love but uh she is adjusting getting more fussier but it's good so i find it's fun because there's always like a lot of action at home like there's always a baby here uh my son's like just non-stop um and uh, yeah, I guess really, I think this year, 2020, you know, everyone could say it was a, an odd year, a weird year. Uh, schools are going to come up next week. I actually uh, dropped off my son and I saw the vice principal to the school because it's his daycare is in a part of a school, a public school. And he recognized me. We talked for a couple minutes and even he was like, man, I have no idea what's going to happen. There's half the amount of kids going back to the school. I mean, the rest of them are going to learn from home. And, um, you know, we are just, I'm just like, man, what happens when there's a COVID case in the school? Like, is the whole school going to shut down for two weeks? Like what's going to happen? Um, so I'm almost for sure that there's going to be some delays at the beginning, that may, not at the beginning of the year, but well, I mean, there's a week delay sort of they pause school for a week later, but there are going to be some delays at some point in the year. And, uh, that's going to be interesting. I'm also wondering about supply teachers because half the teachers, um, will not be teaching in the classroom because it's half the amount of kids. So some of the teachers will have to teach virtually. So they will be like, for example, what I'm doing, but you're on a screen, maybe you're talking to the kids, making sure they're on top of their assignments because you're in charge of the kids in that particular grade that are staying home. So, um, what happens if like, let's say, Uh, you're really sick. Like, I assume if you're like got a scratchy throat or you've got a little cough, like you can't get out of working virtually, um, maybe you can do it at home or not at the school, but our supply teacher is going to come in and just be like, all right, well, I'll take over your job virtually and I'll sit in front of a computer in this, uh, little office inside your school and just sit there for like six hours, talk to the kids. Uh, so. (laughs) lot of unknowns Um, so this episode uh, I'm actually gonna talk about um, how it all started and uh, this there's gonna be a few tips here for uh, new Realtors in general and maybe people that are just curious like how does someone become a successful realtor and this has got to do a lot with my story so if we go full circle I will mention this just now that today um, I've been in the business for about seven and a half years And today was the first day I interviewed um, an assistant. So I'm going to do a few interviews and uh, a shout out to my friend TP who recommended checking out a virtual assistant. He sent sent me a book. uh, So I bought this book and listened to it. It's only a couple hours if you listen to it. It tells you all the things you need to do about virtual assistants. So from the Philippines, it says that those are the best virtual assistants just because they speak so well in English and uh, the prices are pretty reasonable. So um, yeah, I might give it a shot. I might hire someone this week to come on board and do a lot of small things that uh, consume my time and uh, try to get our business up uh, to a maximum efficiency, which if that happens, that's pretty dangerous because uh, <laughs> we already do not bad as it is. We're already in that like top 78%, uh, you know, Ontario wide in terms of how many transactions we do annually so if we can get that like to double the efficiency uh yeah that should put us in a good spot right Uh, at the end of the day i also want a little extra time to hang out with my family uh if possible so we'll see where that takes us so now telling you guys that i'm one of the yeah you know like we've been doing well uh this year i think we've done like almost 20 transactions already and uh so maybe we're on pace for almost 30. and uh so everything's going well but how did it all start So when I first started, it was about, again, seven and a half years ago, uh, back in 2013, I believe. And uh, I had finished uh, teachers college and had traveled around Europe and Asia for a couple years. So I was already like 27, um, doing the real estate courses and shout out to my mom who actually recommended I do real estate because um, she's seen me um, in some action in some various jobs where I had to answer in script form. So like sales jobs and she's like, yeah, you know what? Like you can speak well if you're trained for it. <laughs> so, uh, I, by the way, these podcasts are not really rehearsed. I just have an idea and I rolled it. So, uh, if you speak, if, uh, if I, if you think I'm speaking well enough in the podcast, then I'm proving my mom wrong. <laughs> so anyways, I did the courses and, uh, back in 2013, I'd completed the courses in real estate. Uh, at the time, uh, the market, um, uh, you know, things were selling like, uh, and, uh, you know, I knew nothing about real estate, didn't have a house, nothing like that. So I had interviewed for like six, seven different companies, you know, you got the Remax, the Royal page, Keller Williams. Uh, I also interviewed under some agents, like some agents that needed like, uh, extra assistance to join their team. Um, and it was kind of close between one lady, uh, that, uh, needed someone to help her out. She was, she was super busy take on some of her clients and so forth um uh she actually gave me the contract so it was my choice and um, then there was a polish team um the matador team which is uh Czaplinski and them uh they're very popular they actually do a program on the radio show i think they give out like a mercedes once a year as their prize pool i think they do really really well they've been there for a long time um and then uh there was another uh one that's resonated with me the most. Uh there was this agent called AJ Lamba. Uh he was a big time agent in the Mississauga area. And uh he's kind of like rivaled the Sam McDaddy team, uh, especially at that time, like seven years ago. And I think uh Sam McDaddy is uh is one of the best agents out there and his brand is very strong. While AJ's is just uh, isn't the same anymore as it was back then. I'll tell you about that a little bit later. So I joined that team because they had a lot of diversity. And uh, when they talked to me, they're like, look, we don't have a Polish speaking agent. We want one. So I guess that's one of AJ's goals was to have an agent that speaks uh, one of the main languages. Right. And I was new and uh, stuff like that. Uh, So they're like, all right, come on board. We'll groom you. We'll give you a mentor and stuff like that. Um, what i specifically loved about the aj lomba team first of all if you're a new agent do not join any of the big companies and try to go on your own i think very few people actually make it like that always join a team like be the person that takes all the bs work <laughs> be the grunt person like you're not getting coffee like you're an agent like you're taking leads maybe you're showing houses for a client maybe you're doing someone else's open house, you know, like just ticky tacky stuff, but that, like, those are the ways you get into the trade. There's the ways you, you learn. And you can ask a lot of questions when there's a lot of people around that you're a part of a team because they're willing to help you. I see it time and time again, when I've joined different brokerages now, like mine right now, or another one I was part of before, where there was a brand new agent and they're like, Hey, look, I, uh, I need to make an offer or something. Can you help me out? And honestly, like, I don't know that person. And I, a lot of times people are just in the office because they need to print stuff out They're in the middle of appointments or they just need to get stuff done. So we don't really have a lot of time to like explain an hour or two uh, to help a brand new agent. And that's why when you are already experienced, then you can join uh, a bigger company, uh, something with a brand name and then, uh, like a Remax world page, and then, uh, try to do your best there with all the knowledge you've gained. So I think I did it the right way. I actually, I know I did it the right way, uh, but I can tell you it was tough, 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 tough. Joining the AJ Lampa team. Um, first of all, you're thrown in the fire right away. You're doing open houses, nonstop Saturday, Sunday. So your weekends are always gone. Uh, your friends, you know, you're 27, like your friends are like, Hey, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Most of the time, like I was not making events. Like I would say eight out of 10, uh, seven out of 10 events. I was not going to be able to make it. Um, and, uh, you get leads from the company. People call in, they want something. you got to take the leads. So you got to learn a system. Um, and you got to be tough, uh, you just got to get in there repeatedly, 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 um, practice, 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 learn as much as you can learn about the schools in the area, learn about this, that, the other, And at the beginning. Uh, what's really cool is that, uh, the, the mentors I had, the people in the group, uh, even we meet once a week and talk about various things that, uh, AJ learned or somebody learned they brought up and you really learn a lot. Like, for example, even though you're a brand new agent, you never, ever tell anyone you're a brand new agent. You're like, yeah, I've been doing this for five, six years. Like, that's what they told me to do. And that's what I was saying. And like, at least I would not lose if I had made a good rapport with someone I met, at least I would not lose that client. Um, Because I was like, yeah, I'm a brand new agent. Whenever someone says they're a brand new agent, most people are going to be like, "Ah, do I really want to risk selling the largest asset of my life or Uh, looking for something with someone that has no idea what they're doing. So they told me to fake it until I made it. Uh, (laughs) now I don't need to lie anymore because I've already been doing this for seven plus years. Uh, but yeah, that's what I do. You'd have to fake it. You would learn how to negotiate uh, various situations. Um, you would learn how to show houses or how to do open houses, like how to do an open house. Yeah. People come in, you open the door and uh, they look around and you can say do you have any questions you know there's actually a lot to doing an open house Um, there's definitely some uh, techniques and some ways of addressing clients and uh, you know at the end of the day like if they're interested in the house you definitely want to tell them about the house and concentrate on them but if they're not interested in the house they want something bigger they want something in a different area they need an apartment in the basement that's rentable or, uh, you know, they need something more affordable. You want to be able to, uh, talk to them right at the beginning of the open house before they even look at the house. You need them to fill in the guest registration. So you get their information without, uh, you know, so it's a very smooth process and you want to ask them some questions and you want to build rapport. You want to make a joke. You want them to feel comfortable. Um, <laughs> one of my techniques I ended up, uh, imploring, uh, is for example if someone's like Spanish, I'll say like "Hola, cómo estás," you know, because I I do know a little Spanish. Or if I if they're Chinese, for example, I'll say like "Ni Hao," because I remember um, "Ni Hao," uh, especially where you know in the AJ Lama team, there were like two or three Chinese people, a Chinese agents. So, um, you you could learn a little bit there, and to just uh, you know, break the ice between people. And, uh, then, you know, if they tell you exactly what they're looking for, at least you can follow up with them, uh, maybe find them something that they mentioned. And yeah, a lot of times I have bought and sold people homes because they came in and they met me at an open house and following these strategies, even like where to put the for sale signs, like all this stuff, they taught me all this stuff like repeatedly over and over and over and over again, that it was like ridiculous repetition, like, uh, you know, two and a half years went by, I was part of that team. Um, there were some great moments. Like, you know, you really bonded with a lot of people. Um, you know, people were cheering you on because you're a legit part of a team. You're not like competing against each other. Uh, you see people a lot, like, you know, every week, basically at least. You have meals together. Sometimes you have parties together. Sometimes you have like social functions together. Um, uh, whether it's just the agents or the whole team. And that part was just a lot of fun. But again, I got to reiterate that uh, just being consistently in the same situations, uh, you know, different clients, uh, but same situations over and over and over and over again was fantastic for just learning the trade because, you know, you can't make mistakes in this business. You make a mistake, you can get fired, or you can cost someone thousands of dollars in, uh, in the sale of their house. And that's <laughs> not a lot of people are going to want to use you before it gets out. So, but it did take me three months to actually see results and the first three months were like like I screwed up big a couple times Um, definitely um, came on too soft for some clients came on too strong for other people Uh, really kind of a feeling out process how you should approach people and uh, also getting to know that Different people like to be approached different ways. But I will tell you guys two stories here. <laughs> the first two clients I had both fired me. <laughs> and um, that almost had never happened since. But I would say that at least both of them were not really my fault entirely, at least. Um, but it is what it is. I'm here to tell you guys stories. Um, you know, me being part of this busy team for two and a half years. When I left, I felt like I could go on my own, that I knew how to handle a lot of situations, how to get clients, how to sell homes, and so forth. There's still a lot of other things I had to learn on the way, like hiring photographers, this, that, scheduling this and that. Uh, we've gotten pretty good at that now. Um, but um, experiencing that, all that stuff doesn't come without failure first. And that's exactly how life's gotta be. You gotta fail a bunch of times, get back up and get back on the horse. And, and then learn, and go do it again, and learn, right? so the first ever client I ever had so aj my boss um i'll tell you a little bit about him uh, uh, maybe after these stories just to keep it consistent um him and i would go to a listing appointment this is my first one ever um and it was a. Uh, it's pretty awkward at the beginning because he's gone to these houses and these condos and there's a system about how to talk to people and there's a way sure if somebody wants to have a conversation about something you you do that but generally there's a flow about how you should present um the presentation talk about the house uh try to get them to the point where they agree on the price and then sign the paperwork at the end and then go ahead and uh sell the house right so uh, i went to my first one it was a condo and uh (laughs) i remember like the first like five or six times i went to listing appointments i had like barely say anything because I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like he's the one that's doing all the talking. (laughs) So first of all, that was incredible experience to go to like a bunch of homes with other people. And even later on when I was doing it on my own, um, sometimes people would tag along with me. Maybe there'd be like a team or uh, whatever, right? Try to sell the team concept for sure. Um, But the first one was a condo and uh, we sat there, we got the listing and uh before i started doing real estate like about the last six months before i'd actually started i was actually working as a handyman i just come up with this um idea to like paint people's houses because sure i had painted i'd painted for like a whole summer once so i was pretty good at painting like you know well, i'm not gonna say i'm like the fastest or anything but like sure i can paint a house like if you give me the time i can do it so I had this, uh, I made this a friend of mine made this business card called, uh, <laughs> um, what is it called? Uh, Gram- grandpa and son, professional painters and handymen. So basically my, uh, where I used to live with my mom, there was a guy that lived in the basement. He was a painter and he's like, yeah, if you want to take me with you, uh, to the jobs, then we can do it together. And he would work for like the union. Um, or maybe not the union, but he worked for like Madame or something, but he could take a day off and I think I'd pay him like if we got a good job, like I'd give him a little more than his daily amount, so he was happy. And um anyway, so he was like 70, so I just had this funny idea called it Philip and Grand Oh, Philip and Grandpa, that's what it was. Philip and Grandpa, professional painters and handyman. So when AJ uh when we got the condo, AJ's like, Oh, you guys are still installing your appliances before we put the house for sale? Well, Philip can do it for you cause he's a handyman (laughs) guys. Never, ever, ever do anything in real estate, but real estate do not offer to fix your clients, whatever, physically, get a professional to do that. So what ended up happening is I came back, I came there and I installed like their dishwasher or something. And I had to install like their microwave or something. Uh, And I was like, all right, well, I got to come back because I only had like an hour to do this for you. And I was supposed to come back. And I ended up like going out with my friends the night before having a few drinks. And I called them in the morning, like totally hungover. And I was like, hey, is it okay if I like come tomorrow to install your like hood vent or something? And they got pissed off at me. And then they told AJ that uh, I'm unprofessional. I didn't keep my word. And um, uh, we didn't lose Uh, the client, but they didn't want me to represent them anymore. They wanted someone else uh, in the company. So one of the other guys got the client. So uh, boom, there's my first client ever, which AJ set me up that SOB. um, And everyone agreed that he should not have done that after like the staff in the office. But I got fired. Um, Still, someone else made the money and I did not make anything. So let me tell you, I was super poor when this happened. Uh, The next thing that happened was there was a Polish woman. So obviously I got to go to the listing appointment with uh, like the head mentor. He was like the second best agent, one of the best agents in their company. And I went with them and we got the listing. So my name got to be on the listing. The Polish lady was, um, I don't know. She was like a single lady, pretendless like a cat lady that uh, is Polish. And she kind of made me think of that. So she was very particular about lots of things. She needed to see action. Like I mean, we're not like there to like build her a new kitchen. Like we're there to like market her home, but she really needed to like feel like we're physically doing something. Uh so before um one of the terms that uh um, one of the agents Amon had agreed with her is that if she wasn't satisfied with our work in 2 weeks, that she could cancel the listing. Um <laughs> can you guess what happened after two weeks when we didn't get an offer on her house, which was like $50,000 overpriced? Yeah. She canceled the listing. And then she, <laughs> so therefore I got fired again. Uh, <laughs> and like, I would call her like, every, I felt like I got to call her every day. You know what? It was a good lesson because, uh, one client will be like really easy going and and you'll find them a house they love. And they're like, yeah, sounds good. And you tell them. I would suggest you guys do this in your offer and they're like, yeah, sounds good. And then they get the house and they're like, yeah, thanks. You helped me the whole way. And other people are like, no, I need to know right now, right now. Tell me how, what's the feedback. Tell me this. You better come here right now. Like some people uh, need white glove service. And that's what this uh, crazy Polish cat lady needed. She needed white glove service. I need to do everything for her touch base with her every day, send her feedback right away and That's just part of the job. Some people are, are really low maintenance. Some people are high maintenance, and you have to be able to adjust to the client's needs and just ask them, what are you guys expecting here? Uh, when the moment's right, uh, that was a great valuable lesson. I do remember that crazy cat lady uh, more than the condo people that fired me just because, uh, well, I mean, you could, I mean, just by being in these situations, you already learned a lot. One, uh, (laughs) never agree to do any random stuff for clients to prepare for their house. Okay, even if there's cleaning this that even if you're like a top dog no, stick to the sales, okay, because otherwise you're gonna look unprofessional to um, Never put a cancellation clause in there and if the client requires white glove service, then just give it to them just you know they're paying you to sell the house and uh, You know all things are equal in love and war, but you just got to do it, right? so those two people I got fired from and actually there was um like close to like a three month period um there was lots of other people i met too in open houses and stuff like that um that uh, i ended up showing houses but it didn't work out for whatever reason or i didn't follow up enough or like they didn't like um let's say my style which was very amateurish at the time like i was more like a jokey guy and like happy to be there. Um, and I really had to learn, uh, in one day I remember my AJ and, uh, Aman, uh, pulling me over, pulling me to the side in the office and being like, look, like, um, you need to change your hairstyle. So I used to have a hairstyle like kind of like more like spiky and stuff. And they told me I need to like look older because that's I, I 27 and I just need to look older. So I changed my whole hairstyle, uh, started wearing suits all the time. Um, uh, you know ties and stuff and uh, had that slick back business look and uh, I would say like I think it worked to be honest um, the first client that I ever had successfully was around that three-month mark which uh, AJ told me that he was considering firing me because I was not getting any deals <laughs> so uh, I was close uh, apparently Amon said he wants to step in and mentor uh, me him, me you know personally uh, so I changed my look and, um, I remember it was a Friday, I was at the office and one of the strategies you can do in trying to acquire clients is look at homes that just expired, like they were on the market and they expired. So they're called, um, well, expired listings, basically. Sometimes they get put in this category called fizzables for sale by owners in this, like, you know, so I had, a uh, on my way home, it was like six a PM on a Friday. It might've been seven. Like I remember it being kind of dark out or, you know, I don't remember. And, um, we went to, I went to this house that had just expired. It didn't sell. I knocked on the door and uh, the strategy was, is that, uh, you don't want to be caught that you're specifically trying to get the house. You got to knock on doors, like three doors down, get to the middle house and then knock like three doors down. Pretend you're just not door knocking like randomly in the area which is of course it's not really random <laughs> cause you know that listing expired and uh, the people ended up being Polish. They invited me in they, and they were like, Oh wow. Like they just totally took it as a total coincidence that they just couldn't sell their house. They're a little bummed down. And I was like, yeah, well I have clients in the area. And so I got them to agree to have AJ and I come in for a listing appointment. We got the listing and within like two weeks or so we got the sale. Um, so Trust me, I was over the moon. I had like uh, two to three thousand in credit card that I wasn't able to pay off. So the first thing I I did once I got that sales, I advanced my first paycheck. Um, I think they dock off like five hundred bucks, and then you can just get it right away instead of waiting like two weeks after closing. And I paid off everything, and then I had a few extra bucks to uh, just spend on gas, food, whatever, uh, just to keep me going. Um, And then after that, I think like it might have been like maybe end of summer. I started in like April, so it might have been end of summer. I got my first sale and I think I ended up getting like seven or eight more sales that year and then the year after that, I ended up doing like like 20 or something. I ended up doing like 55 or 60 deals in the first two years, two and a half years at the Age Lamba team. So it really, really prepared me to be like a top dog agent one of the advice I'd always give you guys is that you really got to persevere. And what I mean is like, literally there were moments where like, uh, especially AJ, AJ was not one that was very tolerant uh, or nor like when he got angry, he had a bad temper. So there are moments where he was like, okay, Philip, you got to do this with your deal to try to get this done. And I would be like, why AJ? And he didn't like that. He would just be like, hey, blah, blah, beep, beep, beep. Listen, you beep, beep, beep. (laughs) Oh, man, it does not feel good to just be, like, sworn at for, like, two minutes. That's the person he was, and he lost a lot of agents, good agents that just couldn't handle it. Um, And those two years were, like, a gauntlet to me. You know, like, you make it out two years in there, um, especially when you're young, right, because you still have a lot of time. Like, there are agents that were like, in their mid-40s, and I guess... Uh, they just couldn't figure it out, right? Or maybe they just transitioned. They needed that push and hopefully that was what did it for them. But being in a busy team after two, two and a half years really taught me a little bit of everything in the trade and sometimes a lot about certain things that I could, uh, how I could sell, sell homes, how to uh, go to listing appointments, how to get prices, how to get clients, how to convince people, how to follow up, how to do open houses, like all these things until finally I was able to break through And then keep that momentum for a long time, right? So that's the story about how I first started. And uh, that is my advice to anyone that wants to get in any kind of sales position is to, uh, especially if it's a new career option, is to really get your knees and hands dirty, get involved into a really busy active team where you could learn so much. You're not gonna make as much money, but some money is better than no money and maybe you end up making good money. Like, honestly, I think in my second year, I think I broke the uh, six figure mark because I ended up doing enough transactions. But, um, if I was on my own and I did the exact same amount of deals, it would be like twice the amount. Right. So, but that's not important. It wasn't important at the time because if I had gone on my own and didn't have that training, I would have never made it. I would have quit a long time ago because I didn't know what to do. I would have lost so many clients until like people did not want to work with me anymore until you get lucky. A lot of the ways that you, uh, build your business is consistency, past clients calling you back when they're ready to move. Um, you know, being able to handle objections with experience, be able to be very professional. And you'll, I learned all these things by being part of a super busy, super active team that was nuts, but it was a lot of fun at the same time. And when I finally left, which I would gotta say, I was one of the few people I feel like I left on good terms. I took like everything in my desk and everything, and I put it at home. I didn't say a single thing. I waited um, till the opportune time. I told my boss AJ, "Hey, it's time for me to go." He said, "Okay, whatever, good luck." And um, um, and then yeah, I was off on my own. Uh, after that, I was a little bit nervous uh, going off on my own, but everything worked out. I just kept at it uh ended up selling a few homes uh got a few new clients and now to this day uh, people know who i am they call me back and uh, i am a staple in the market uh (laughs) maybe not the biggest fry but um i mean who knows maybe with this assistant this new branding this podcast we're gonna get somewhere to another level right well we're gonna definitely try all right guys have a wonderful september